Act three of Cynthia's Revels or the Fountain of Self Love by Ben Johnson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene one in apartment at the court. Enter Amorphous and Asotus. Sir, let not this discountenance or disgallant you a wit. You must not sink under the first disaster. It is with your young grammatical courtier, as with your neophyte player, a thing usual to be daunted at the first presence or interview. You saw there was Hedon with Anades, far more practised gallants than yourself, who were both out to comfort you. It is no disgrace, no more than for your adventurous reveller, to fall by some inauspicious chance in his gilliard, or for some subtile politic to undertake the destinado, that the state might think worthily of him, and respect him as a man well beaten to the world. What? Hath your tailor provided the property we spake of at your chamber, or no? I think he has. Nay. I entreat you, be not so flat and melancholic. Erect your mind. You shall redeem this with the courtship I will teach you against this afternoon. Where eat you to-day? Where you please, sir, anywhere I. Come, let us go and taste some light dinner, a dish of sliced caviar, or so, and after you shall practice an hour at your lodging some few forms that i have recalled if you had but so far gathered your spirits to you as to have taken up a rush when you were out and wigged it thus or cleansed your teeth with it or but turned it aside and feigned some business to whisper with your page till you had recovered yourself or but found some slight stain in your stocking or any other pretty invention, so it had been sudden, you might have come off with the most clear and courtly grace. A poison of all! I think I was forespoke, I. No, I must tell you. You are not audacious enough. You must frequent ordinaries a month more, to initiate yourself, in which time it will not be amiss, if in private you keep good your acquaintance with Crates or some other of his poor coat, visit his lodgings secretly, and often become an earnest suitor to hear some of his labours. Oh, Jove, sir! I could never get him to read a line to me. You must then wisely mix yourself in rank with such as you know can, and, as your ears do meet with a new phrase, or an acute jest, take it in. A quick, nimble memory will lift it away, and at your next public meal it is your own. But I shall never utter it perfectly, sir. No matter. Let it come lame. In ordinary talk you shall play it away, as you do your late crowns at Premiero. It will pass. I shall attempt, sir. Do. It is your shifting age for wit, and, I assure you, men must be prudent. After this you may to court, and there fall in, first with the waiting woman, then with the lady. But case they do retain you there, 
as a fit property to hire coaches some pair of months or so or to read them asleep in afternoons upon some pretty pamphlet to breathe you why it shall in time embolden you to some farther achievement in the interim you may fashion yourself to be careless and impudent how if they would have me to make verses i heard hedon spoke to for some why you must prove the aptitude of your genius if you find none you must hearken out of vain and by provided you pay for the silence as for the work then you may securely call it your own yes and i'll give out my acquaintance with all the best writers to countenance me the more rather seem not to know them it is your best ay be wise that you never so much as mention the name of one or remember it mentioned but if they be offered to you in discourse shake your light head make between a sad and a smiling face pity some rail at all and commend yourself tis your only safe and unsuspected course come you shall look back upon the court again to-day and be restored to your colours i do now partly aim at the cause of your repulse which was omnibus indeed for as you enter at the door there is opposed to you the frame of a wolf in the hangings which surprising your eye suddenly gave a false alarm to the heart and that was it called your blood out of your face and so rooted the whole rank of your spirits i beseech you labour to forget it and remember as i inculcated to you before for your comfort he done and a knave exeunt scene two another apartment in the same enter hayden and anites what was there ever so prosperous an invention thus unluckily perverted and spoiled by a wholesome bookworm a candle-waster nay be not impatient hedon slight i would fain know his name hang him poor grogan rascal prithee think not of him i'll send for him to my lodging and have him blanketed when thou wilt man also i would thou couldst look here he comes into crites and walks in a musing posture at the back of the stage laugh at him laugh at him <laughs> foe he smells all lamp oil with studying by candlelight how confidently he went by us and carelessly never moved nor stirred at anything did you observe him ay a pox on him let him go dormouse he is in a dream now he has no other time to sleep but thus when he walks abroad to take the air precious this afflicts me more than all the rest that we should so particularly direct our hate and contempt against him and he to carry it thus without wound or passion tis insufferable slid my dear envy if thou but sayst the word now i'll undo him eternally for thee how sweet an eye it is marry half a score of us get him in one night and make him pawn his wit for a supper away thou hast such unseasonable jests by this heaven i wonder at nothing more than our gentlemen ushers that will suffer a piece of serge or perpetuana to come into the presence 
methinks they should out of their experience better distinguish the silken disposition of courtiers than to let such terrible coarse rags mix with us able to fret any smooth or gentle society to the threads with their rubbing devices unless twere lent ember weeks or fasting days when the place is most penuriously empty of all other good outsides damn me if i should adventure on his company once more without a suit of buff to defend my wit he does nothing but stab the slave how mischievously he crossed thy device of the prophecy there and moriah she comes without her muff too and there my invention was lost well i am resolved what i'll do what my good spiritous spark Mary, speak all the venom I can of him, and poison his reputation in every place where I come. For God, most courtly. And if I chance to be present where any question is made of his sufficiencies, or of anything he hath done private or public, I'll censure it slightly and ridiculously. At any hand, beware of that, so thou mayst draw thine own judgment in suspect now i'll instruct thee what thou shalt do and by a safer means approve anything thou hearest of his to the received opinion of it but if it be extraordinary give it from him to some other whom thou more particularly affects that's the way to plague him and he shall never come to defend himself slud i'll give out all he does is dictated from other men and swear it too if thou'lt have me and that i know the time and place where he stole it though my soul be guilty of no such thing and that i think out of my heart he hates such barren shifts yet to do thee a pleasure and him a disgrace i'll damn myself or do anything gramercy my dear devil we'll put it seriously in practice of faith exeunt hayton and anites crates coming forward do good detraction do and i the while shall shake thy spite off with a careless smile poor piteous gallants what lean idle slights their thoughts suggest to flatter their starved hopes as if i knew not how to entertain these straw devices but a force must yield to the weak stroke of their calumnious tongues what should i care what every door doth buzz in credulous ears it is a crown to me that the best judgments can report me wronged them liars and their slanders impudent perhaps upon the rumour of their speeches some grieved friend will whisper to me crites men speak ill of thee so they be ill men if they spake worse twere better for of such to be dispraised is the most perfect praise what can his censure hurt me whom the world hath censured vile before me if good crestus euthus or phronemus had spoke the words they would have moved me and i should have called my thoughts and actions to a strict account upon hearing but when i remember tis hedon and anides alas then i think but what they are and am not stirred the one a light voluptuous reveller the other a strange arrogating puff both impudent and ignorant enough they talk as they are wont not as i merit Traduced by custom as most dogs do bark do nothing out of judgment but disease speak ill because they never could speak well 
and who'd be angry with this race of creatures what wise physician have we ever seen moved with a frantic man the same effects that he doth bear to his sick patient should a right mind carry to such as these and i do count it a most rare revenge that i can thus with such a sweet neglect pluck from them all the pleasure of their malice for that's the mark of all their ingenious drifts to wound my patience howsoever they seem to aim at other objects which if missed their envies like an arrow shot upright that in the fall endangers their own heads enter our what crites where have you drawn forth the day you have not visited your jealous friends where i have seen most honoured arete the strangest pageant fashioned like a court at least i dreamt i saw it so diffused so painted pied and full of rainbow strains as never yet either by time or place was made the food of my distasted sense nor can my weak imperfect memory now render half the forms unto my tongue that were convolved within this thrifty room here stalks me by a proud and spangled sir that looks three handfuls higher than his foretop savours himself alone is only kind and loving to himself one that will speak more dark and doubtful than six oracles salutes a friend as if he had a stitch is his own chronicle and scarce can eat for registering himself is waited on by mimics jesters panders parasites and other such like prodigies of men he passed appears some mincing marmoset made of all clothes and face his limbs so set as if they had some voluntary act without man's motion and must move just so in spite of their creation one that weighs his breath between his teeth and dares not smile beyond a point for fear to starch his look hath travelled to make legs and seen the cringe of several courts and courtiers knows the time of giving titles and of taking walls hath read court commonplace made them his studied the grammar of state and all the rules each formal usher in that politic school can teach a man a third comes giving nods to his repenting creditors protests to weeping suitors takes the coming gold of insolent and base ambition that hourly rubs his dry and itchy palms which griped like burning coals he hurls away into the laps of bods and buffoons mouths with him there meets some subtle proteus one can change and vary with all forms he sees be anything but honest serves the time hovers betwixt two factions and explores the drifts of both which with cross face he bears to the divided heads and is received with mutual grace of either one that dares do deeds worthy the hurdle or the wheel to be thought somebody and is in sooth such as the satirist points truly forth that only to his crimes owes all his worth you tell us wonders crites this is nothing there stands a neophyte glazing of his face pruning his clothes perfuming of his hair against his idol enters and repeats like an unperfect prologue at third music his part of speeches and confederate jests in passion to himself another swears his scene of courtship over bids believe him twenty times ere they will anon doth seem as he would kiss away his hand in kindness then walks off melancholic and stand wreathed as he were pinned up to the heiress thus a third is most in action swims and frisks plays with his mistress paps salutes her pumps adores her hymns her skirts her knots her curls 
will spend his patrimony for a garter or the least feather in her bounteous fan a fourth he only comes in for a mute divides the act with a dumb show and exit then must the ladies laugh straight becomes their scene a sixth times worse confusion than the rest where you shall hear one talk of this man's eye another of his lip a third his nose a fourth commend his leg a fifth his foot a sixth his hand and every one a limb that you would think the poor distorted gallant must there expire then fall they in discourse of tires and fashions how they must take place where they may kiss and whom when to sit down and what grace to rise if they salute what curtsy they must use such cobweb stuff as would enforce the commonest sense abhor the arachnean workers patience gentle crites this knot of spiders will be soon dissolved and all their webs swept out of cynthia's court when once her glorious deity appears and but presents herself in her full light till when go in and spend your hours with us your honoured friends time and phronesis in contemplation of our goddess's name think on some sweet and choice invention now worthy her serious and illustrious eyes that from the merit of it we may take desired occasion to prefer your worth and to make your service known to cynthia it is the pride of a writ to grace her studious lovers and in scorn of time envy and ignorance to lift their state above a vulgar height true happiness consists not in the multitude of friends but in their worth and choice nor would i have virtue a popular regard pursue let them be good that love me though but few i kiss thy hands divine estorete and vow myself to thee and cynthia exeunt scene three another apartment in the same enter amorphous followed by asotus and his tailor a little more forward so sir now go in discloak yourself and come forth exit asotus tailor bestow thy absence upon us and be not prodigal of this secret but to a dear customer exit tailor re-enter asotus tis well entered sir stay you come on too fast your pace is too impetuous imagine this to be the palace of your pleasure or a place where your lady is pleased to be seen first you present yourself thus and spying her you fall off and walk some two turns in which time it is to be supposed your passion hath sufficiently whitened your face then stifling a sigh or two and closing your lips with a trembling boldness and bold terror you advance yourself forward prove thus much i pray you yes sir pray jove i can light on it here i come in you say and present myself good and then i spy her and walk off very good now sir i stifle and advance forward trembling yes sir trembling i shall do it better when i come to it and what must i speak now mary you shall say dear beauty or sweet honour or by what other title you please to remember her methinks you are melancholy this is if she be alone now and discompanied 
"'Well, sir, I'll enter again. Her title shall be My Dear Linda Brides.' "'Linda Brides?' "'I, sir, the Emperor Aracandro's daughter, and the Prince Meridian's sister in the Night of the Sun. She should have been married to him, but that the Princess Clara Diana—' "'Oh, you betray your reading.' "'Nay, sir, I have read history. I am a little humanitarian. Interrupt me not, good sir.' my dear linda brides my dear linda brides my dear linda brides methinks you are melancholy ay and take her by the rosy fingered hand must i so oh my dear linda brides methinks you are melancholy or thus sir all variety divine pleasure choice sports sweet music rich fare brave attires, soft beds, and silken thoughts, attend this dear beauty. Believe me, that's pretty. All variety of divine pleasures, choice sports, sweet music, rich fare, brave attire, soft beds, and silken thoughts, attend this dear beauty. And then, offering to kiss her hand, if she shall quickly recall you'll and signify your repulse you are to reinforce yourself with more than most fair lady let not the rigour of your just disdain thus coarsely censure of your servant's zeal and withal protest her to be the only and absolute unparalleled creature you do adore and admire and respect and reverence in this court corner of the world or kingdom this is hard by my faith I'll begin it all again. Do so, and I will act it for your lady. Will you vouchsafe, sir? All variety of divine pleasures, choice sports, sweet music, rich fare, brave attire, soft beds, and silken thoughts, attend this dear beauty. So, sir, pray you away more than most fair lady let not the rigour of your just disdain this coarsely censure of your servant's zeal i protest you are the only and absolute unapparelled unparalleled unparalleled creature i do adore and admire and respect and reverence in this corner of the world or kingdom this is if she abide you but now put the case she should be passant when you enter as thus you are to frame your gate thereafter and call upon her lady nymph sweet refuge star of our court then if she be gardened here you are to come on and laterally disposing yourself swear by her blushing and well-coloured cheek the bright dye of her hair her ivory teeth though they be ebony or some such white and innocent oath to induce you if regardant then maintain your station brisk and erp show the supple motion of your pallant body but in chief of your knee and hand which cannot but aride her proud humour exceedingly i conceive you sir i shall perform all these things in good time i doubt not they do so hit me well sir i am your lady make use of any of these beginnings 
or some other out of your own invention and prove how you can hold it and follow it say say yes sir uh, my dear linda brides no you affect that linda brides too much and let me tell you it is not so courtly your pedant should provide you some parcels of french or some pretty commodity of italian to commence with if you would be exotic and exquisite yes sir he was at my lodging t'other morning i gave him a doublet double your benevolence and give him the hose too clothe you his body he will help to apparel your mind but now see what your proper genius can perform alone without ejection of any other minerva i comprehend you sir i do stand you sir fall back to your first place good passing well very properly pursued beautiful ambiguous and sufficient lady what are you all alone we would be sir if you would leave us i am at your beauty's appointment bright angel but what but no harm more than most fair feature that touch relished well but i protest and why should you protest for goodwill dear esteemed madam and i hope your ladyship will so conceive of it and will in time return from your disdain and rue the sufferance of our friendly pain oh that piece was excellent if you could pick out more of these play particles and as occasion shall salute you embroider or damask your discourse with them persuade your soul it would most judiciously commend you come this was a well-discharged and auspicious bout prove the second lady i cannot ruffle it in red and yellow why if you can ravel it in white sir tis sufficient say you so sweet lady things and dances no in good faith madam who's ever told your ladyship so abused you but i would be glad to meet your ladyship in a measure me sir belike measure me by yourself then would i might fair feature and what were you the better if you might the better it please you to ask fair lady why this was ravishing and most acutely continued well spend not your humour too much you have now competently exercised your conceit this once or twice a day will render you an accomplished elaborate and well-levelled gallant convey in your courting stock we will in the heat of this go visit the nymph's chamber End of Act three.